Hello and welcome to Misty 101 Podcast. Three things lie behind Britain's cultish obsession with James Bond, nostalgia for empire, its national insecurity, and xenophobia. I like Ian Fleming's novels, but there's no doubting that the central character in them is still revered because lots of Brits have a lingering, if misplaced superiority complex. Why does the Bond cult endure? Why does 007 remain iconic despite an aging Daniel Craig looking a bit like Lord of the Rings freak Gollum, all huge head and short legs dig it, or perhaps like a Prince Charles visaged teddy bear, not to mention no time to die's tiresome bag of tricks. The answer is threefold, Britain's nostalgia for empire, its national insecurity, and xenophobia, a confession. I'm a fan of Ian Fleming's novels, good English, riveting characters and fab exotic settings, also because of what they reveal about the English psyche. After World War II, Fleming, a naval intelligence officer, saw the demise of the Empire. The Bond cult took off after 1956, the year of the Suez debacle, one of the most pitiful bungles in the history of the world, as Japanese spy chief Tiger Tanaka tells 007 in You Only Live Twice and the right zeitgeist for Fleming's cool hero or licensed killer to spring out of his creator's head. The public, embarrassed by British intelligence's dismal failure at spotting in its own bosom Soviet spies such as Philby, Burgess and McLean, got big fictional consolation. The hero might be flawed and suffer setbacks, but he always gets his nation's foes in the end. Indeed, though he warns dastardly Goldfinger before strangling him, never go a bear of England. Umber to Echo, the mercifully defunct flatulent Italian, accused 007 of racism. All of Bond's fictional villains are foreigners. Dr. No is Eurasian, Mr. Big is black. Aramanger Latino, Hugo Drax German, the Felda mixture of Polish and Greek, Oldfinger possibly Jewish, Emilio Largo Italian, and so on. However, only one is black, all the others Dr. No accepted are white, hence, xenophobia, not racism of the skin color variety, is the prevalent feature. In that sense, Echo is wrong yet Fleming is topical. While anti-black or anti-brown racism is beyond the pale, xenophobia still rules. Oof. Look at Brexit. Erected chiefly against East Europeans, not Africans or Asians, Brexit cause mobilized British voters and it led them to victory. ED. Not only are Bond's crooks foreign aliens they are ugly too. Which has some physical impairment or deformity. Latest, in no time to die, Raymi Malek's Lute Sifer Safin is facial disfigured. To roused squawks of protest from woke quarters. Equate badness with ugliness, especially if the result of accidents or genes. Ian Fleming should have known, at Eton, he suffered a broken nose that left his face far from handsome. Questions. The wokes fail to grasp that. Convey an enemy. Aesthetic flaws are powerful semiotic symbolism. Signify a more sinister hardness inside the man. Shakespeare made villainous King Richard III a hunchback, he showed how to manipulate that idea to find dramatic effect. Hunchbacks demand the cancellation of that play. Be they should. Right, it's a tad paradoxical to indict Brits with a hatred of foreigners when London and other big cities are awash with millions of non-natives, and loads of illegal immigrants desperately try to reach this country every day. 
and the Tories, whom gendered Enoch Powell, have produced a government with plenty of visible diversity. Sillian industrial worker I met in Bedford way back praised the fairness of his employers. Expected them to discriminate against him because of his poor English they didn't. Promoted him because he was good at his job. But conceptually unlikely, it seems that, in Britain, tolerance and xenophobia can be comfortable bedfellows. Imperialism is another matter. Whose lost empire covered 25% of the Earth's surface is bound to cherish a lingering superiority complex, better than foreigners the Brits have that in their DNA. It's manifested in innumerable ways. The Cold War, Soviet Russia was the West's awful bogeyman. On Russia with love, Bonda's battle against various Rusyuki baddies. Communism gone, Brits still do their utmost to besmirch Russians as ogres. Phobia is everywhere. It's bizarre, because the new Russia has no imperial ideology. A lunatic would imagine President Putin being like Napoleon or Hitler, seeking to conquer England and marching his Cossacks into London. Actually, in the past century Russia was twice Britain's vital ally and crucially so in World War II. Not been for Russiaki blood. Brits in 2021 would probably be jabbering away in guttural German. To actor Daniel Craig. In Casino Royale showed him in tight swimming trunks. Prompted female friends of mine to ask, was 007 wearing a codpiece? Cut question. Brosnan was rumoured, rightly or wrongly, to be under endowed. Craig's metrical virility also in doubt. That might reflect the national insecurity I mentioned above. Psts, of course, would rub their hands. Come on. That small is beautiful, no. Time for NATO to leave Kosovo before it does any more damage. It's time for NATO to leave Kosovo before it does any more damage. It all ended badly for the West's military interventions in Vietnam and Afghanistan, so it'll in Kosovo. Has overstepped its mandate overplayed its hand, and overstayed its welcome. Last US military helicopters were leaving Kabul, Afghanistan, many, including myself, emphasized the similarities with America's embarrassment in Sigan, South Vietnam but one parallel that few dared to draw was with Kosovo. Really asked is Kosovo next, on Twitter, it sent Albanian media outlets into a frenzy. Whose Albanian majority celebrates NATO troops as saviors NATO bombed Serbia to take away control of its southern province of Kosovo in 1999. NATO has been sponsoring a nation-building project that seemed to have culminated in 2008, when Kosovo's provisional authorities declared independence from Serbia. An end of history moment. And much of the world didn't recognize Kosovo as an independent country, and Kosovo itself remained heavily dependent on Western aid and military support. Albanian politicians are aware of this and they are highly obedient with regards to NATO, whose K4 troops are keeping the peace in Kosovo. NATO has overstepped its mandate. Security Council Resolution 1244 which put an end to NATO's war with Yugoslavia, guarantees Serbia's sovereignty over Kosovo, while NATO has pushed for an independent Kosovo from day one of their occupation.
election also called for the return of an agreed number of Yugoslav and Serbian personnel to maintain a presence at significant sites and key border crossings. It never allowed this to happen. Serbian Prime Minister who called for this agreement to be honoured was assassinated in 2003, a little over a month after his request. And, what are the results of NATO's nation-building in Kosovo? 30% unemployment rate. Poorest areas of Europe, with as much as 45% of the population living below the official poverty line, and 17% being extremely poor. Kosovo Liberation Army terrorists, some of trafficking weapons and human organs, replaced their military uniforms with politicians' suits and are governing the entity. The president of Kosovo, nicknamed the Snake, is currently being tried for war crimes and crimes against humanity at The Hague. Who unveiled the Bill Clinton statue in Kosovo's capital? To celebrate with the Snake. Recent license plate row with Serbia was just the latest example of a leadership in Kosovo incapable of dealing with real issues, but rathering into conflict to cover its incompetence. Negotiating with Belgrade, Kosovo unilaterally used force to implement the removal of Serbian license plates. NATO was willing to contribute to de-escalate the tensions was to offer its K4 troops to replace Kosovo's special unit without even trying to resolve the essence of the dispute. Who's still doing in Kosovo? Same thing it was doing in Afghanistan. Her decision to go in will eventually pay off somehow. But, Vietnam, it didn't in Afghanistan, and it won't in Kosovo. So for NATO to start packing its bags. Parents questioning masks, transgleefs and critic race theory in schools are not domestic terrorists. Educational system gets radically transformed, parents are becoming more vocal, to the point where schools are requesting FBI protection. But schools expect from promoting a radical agenda to children. Why I'm in America, before a tiny faction of radical progressives hijacked the Democratic Party, Local school board meetings were dull and tedious affairs where crickets could be heard from inside of the mostly empty auditoriums. No. The, the meetings sold out shows with enraged parents speaking out against what they believe is the indoctrination of their children to cultural Marxist teachings, primarily transgender beliefs and critical race theory, while gasping for precious air behind surgical masks. Electrified are the conferences that the National School Boards Association called on the Biden administration to protect teachers and schools from the possibility of long drum roll, please domestic terrorism. Cups against school board members and educators for approving policies for masks, many public school officials are also facing physical threats because of propaganda purporting the false inclusion of critical race theory within classroom instruction and curricula, comma the organization said in the letter. As these malice, violence, and threats against public school officials have increased, the classification of these heinous actions could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. I have watched dozens of these school board meetings and although they can become very vocal and emotional, there have never been physical acts of violence on the part of the attendees, 
and certainly nothing that would warrant the NSBA to toss around terms like domestic terrorism and hate crimes. The difference between distraught parents who want some say as to what is being taught to their children inside of the classroom, and fanatical groups of malcontents carrying out indiscriminate acts of murder against innocent people to achieve their objectives. Of the articles cited by the NSBA to build their case that American parents are borderline jihadists, not one provides a single instance of violent behavior. Instead, link to media reports with the following headlines, editorial, mobs actions at school board meeting unacceptable says the Herald, protesters disrupt power unified board meeting complains the San Diego Union Tribune. Sarasota School Board may limit public input after some meetings get disorderly rails the Sarasota Herald Tribune, anti-mask crowd disrupts Gwinnett School Board meeting reports the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, school board meeting turns contentious over COVID policies according to the Las Vegas Review-Journal. In other words a stinky bucket of media-generated tripe, but no smoke gun, as it were. Conformly to our broken cancel culture, the teachers' union is screaming fire in a theater just because newly motivated parents are getting disorderly disruptive and heaven forbid contentious. This is action on the part of modern liberals whenever someone dares to challenge their belief system they roll on the ground, fake a convulsion and portray themselves as victims when in reality it is the children and parents trapped in these tyrannical school systems who have the best case for victimhood. Few pay tax dollars spent to have their children sitting through lessons devoted to transgender studies, a topic that is never mentioned in the NSBA letter, incidentally, which is strange given that the teaching of transgender lifestyles is often a major point of contention at these meetings which teaches that gender is a fluid social construct that a person can change. Yes, should be able to do what they want with their bodies, and live their lives as they see fit, but many parents leave their young and impressionable children should not be introduced to such complicated ideas until much later in life. It seems an able request. Another of among parents is the teaching of critical race theory, CRT which argues that white people are a knuckle-dragging tribe of racists who enjoy a carefree life of privilege conferred upon them by a culture predicated on white supremacy. The NS, however, flat-out denies that CRT is taught in the U.S. public school system. That appealed faced lie or a serious oversight. There are reaching kits being used to promote CRT, like the so-called Equity Collaborative which defines racism as an inherent part of American civilization, privileging white individuals over people of color in most areas of life, including education. In fact, it would be very surprising if public schools districts were not teaching CRT, albeit quietly under a different name since one of Joe Biden's first acts as president was to rescind Donald Trump's campaign to eliminate the teaching of systemic racism, white privilege and other race and gender issues. In addition to these fiercely controversial topics, the shelves in some school libraries are reportedly being stuffed with books devoted to pornography and pedophilia. To get a separation that many parents feel about this, which should be easily predictable, Take a moment and watch this video, warning, 
Graphic language illustrations. Ironic school board officials asked the parent at the podium to stop reciting passages from the graphic book because there are children in the audience. Yet these apparently have no problem making the material freely available inside of the schools. It goes without resorting to violence is never the way to affect change. Yet, I'm declaring that your opponent might resort to violence without providing a shred of evidence that that is the case, is also a vile, underhand tactic by the NSBA, which seems desirous to shut down debate, returning once again to their happy, debate-free meetings. Labeling who only want the best occasion for their children, as potential domestic terrorists and perpetrators of hate crimes marks a despicable new low in the cultural wars now raging through the United States. What is a p- U.S. school need to remember that they rely on taxpayer dollars to keep their doors open. Push people happened in Des Moines, Iowa after the Ancni School Community District reinstated mask mandates and the mask-crazed parents just might yank their kids out of school, maybe homeschool them, depriving the district of precious funds. No better to give the U.S. school districts a much-needed lesson in economics 101. Passenger Muse Packed Train to Reverse Travelers on the 19 p.m. high-speed Great Western Railway GWR, service from Penzance caused the train to stop after it failed to stop at Swindon on the way to Paddington. At least six of the alarms sounded just after the train had passed Swindon, according to reports. The train was before eventually turning back and letting off those who had missed their stop. The incident created disruption on the network and led to the dangerously overcrowded train finally terminating at Reading more than two hours after it was meant to arrive at London Paddington. Travellers on board experience a nightmare. Swindon United EWR in a mutiny said one passenger, who wanted to remain anonymous. No one knows that the train did not stop at Swindon, when it was part of the stops and people wanted to get off. Eventually, Cedar win to the Swindon people and the train went back there. Susanna Butter, who was on the train, said, We were stopped outside Swindon for nearly an hour because passenger alarms kept being pulled all the way down the train and they stopped the wheels from working. I'm not sure if it est or just people causing trouble, or just someone who really wanted to go to Swindon. The train is absent. Ms. Butter said very crowded, adding, They kicked us all off at Reading, where the escalator is broken and all the trains, to London, are late. Other passengers saw media the train was too busy to move down the carriages to reach staff and ask for information but claimed there was a great community spirit as many joked about the delays. GWR hangers the train would arrive into London Paddington at 9.25pm. However, all were eventually told to alight at Reading and the train did not arrive. Many passengers can social media. One said on Twitter being told not to panic and people keep pulling the passenger alarms. The train is dang crowded. Another said, a information provided by the driver of the train, several alarms have been pulled repeatedly for no reason, 
and if it happens again we'll all be punished with a cancelled service and let off at Swindon. GWR communication alarm had been activated and apologised to passengers, saying the train had been due to arrive into Paddington at 9.25pm. Honda 198 bike that has zero miles on clock goes up for auction. A 40-year-old ho with no mileage on it has been rediscovered and is up for auction after the disapproving father of its first teen owner banned him from riding it and locked it away in storage for decades. The 1980 B100N was bought brand new by the youngster in his youth while he lived with his parents. However, his sea of riding a motorcycle never materialized because his strict father banned him from riding it. Instead the machine would anguish in storage for the next four decades. After his father Dungdona, who is now aged in his fifties, was tasked with clearing out his house in Bridgewater, Somerset, and stumbled upon his old but immaculate bike. He agreed to sell the all Honda to neighbor Graham Tozer who has now put it up for sale at auction. The bike still has its tax certificate with an expiry date of 31 July, 1982. The odometer displayed mileage of a mere four-tenths of a mile. Mr. Tozer, s said, I'm a collector of classic bikes and cars, so six months ago my neighbor called me up and said they needed rid of it. He was born in the howl of his life there. When he was a youngster he hunted his own bike but when he brought it home his dad wouldn't let him ride it. He'd saved up for time to buy it but his father just said, you're not going on that. You can stick it in the sh- Apparently his dad was tricked. He was ex-military boss of the house. I would have loved a bike like I was younger but my dad probably would have done the same thing. To have a motorbike for hasn't been touched is so unique. It really is like the whole for collectors. George Beale, a charter house auctioneers of Sherbourne, Dorset, said, These bikes were orderly used for commuting, so those which are still on the market from the 1980s tend not to be in the greatest condition. But with a little work this like brand new, which is incredibly unusual for something so old. It would be rare to find it from the 1980s without any miles whatsoever. It just so happens that boy's tyrant father was far more forceful than he was. The Honda is being sold with a pre-sale estimate of £2,000 at the Haynes International Motor Museum on the 14th of October. Petrol crisis, if you can't get to work because you have no fuel just last week. The energy and cost of living crisis was giving consumers great cause for concern. But this week we have a new in the form of fuel shortages at petrol stations. Long queues have been seen up and down the country as drivers desperately try to fill up their vehicles. But the government says the shortage of fuel, instead, it blames panic buyers for running supplies dry for there being not enough petrol to go around. Here are the top three quests have been asking me about this week. Can I be fired if I work because I don't have enough petrol? Your employer could not indict you just because you can't get to work due to the fuel shortages. To do so would likely be unfair dismissal. Your position is further strain nature of your work means you could work from home until the issue has been resolved.
you will be entitled to to look after your children if the fuel shortage prevents them getting to school. But if you take time off all to work from home, your employer will have no obligation to pay you. I can't get my child to Will I be fined? Will generally be liable if your child is late at least 10 times in a three-month period. But if you fall foul of the fuel shortages, it's unlikely you would be penalized. What rights do I have if are cancelled or disrupted? I have already heard of ta- private transport bookings being cancelled and deliveries being delayed due to fuel shortages. And unless the issue is resolved, it will inevitably have a knock-on effect on events like weddings. In all of these situations contract in some cases a verbal contract that will provide for a service to be given to you in consideration of a fee. Ordinarily, if the trader provide the service or does not provide all that has been agreed, you will have a claim for breach of contract. But here it's likely that theme that a force major event meaning an act of God or unforeseen circumstances has caused the breach. On the face of it, this. But as they have a written tract or TNCS stating a fuel shortage is classed as a force major, this will not be a valid reason to breach the contract. In most situations you would go to court but at the very least, you should demand a full refund, partial refund if part of the service is provided. We ask you for your support by making a small donation helping with bringing these programs to you for your enjoyment free of charge. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with us. We thank you for your support and goodbye till next time.